What's up, you guys? This episode is brought to you by Doc Johnson. Now, you know us good moms love our sex toys, love our high-quality, long-lasting sex toys, and Doc Johnson is the best out there. We love, love, love their products. Specifically, I love the iVibe. Jamila likes the iRock. Anyway, you can try all these products if you head over to the website, shop docjohnson.com and use goodmoms20 at checkout for 20% off. So make sure you get your sex toy today and happy vibrating. Solo puedo recordar la luz de la calle, de las estrellas, como bailamos en la gran ciudad. Suavemente, suavemente, suavemente me desclavo. En tu, en tu, en tu. Suavemente, suavemente, suavemente me desclavo. Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. And we're at a fucking sex toy facility so it's very appropriate for hump day baby yeah happy fucking hump day <laughs> we're, we're super pumped because we're in a room full of sex toys and you know how we feel about sex <laughs> and you know if you want to see this video you're gonna have to go on our patreon and watch this video because you don't want to miss what's behind us right now <laughs> behind the scenes <laughs> only on patreon um we're here today with COO himself, Chad <laughs> Braverman. Did I say that? Huh? What? Yeah. Braver- Braverman. Braverman. Yeah. You got to get the Jewishness in there okay. a little Chad more. Chad Braverman. Braverman. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. I couldn't even put my Jewish on. Yeah. Um, and. Of Doc Johnson. Of Doc Johnson. Hello. The largest sex Hello. toy manufacturer in the motherfucking world. Bitch. <laughs> you got to put a bitch ass in Sex toy royalty. <laughs> sex toy king. <laughs> Prince. Prince. Prince, right. King, King, Prince. King, 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 King Jr. <laughs> show, show, oh, some, show some respect. Okay, oh, yeah, sorry, Dad. No, 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 sorry, no. Dad. Sorry, no, Dad. Upset Daddy. Show some respect for the, for the pops. Um, so, Chad, how are you? Oh, man, I'm beautiful. It's a beautiful day. Chad has just taken us on an extensive tour of the Doc Johnson facility, which Erica and I were like fucking four-year-olds at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> and he tolerated us. Thank you. I'm very used to that reaction. <laughs> okay, good. I'm very used to it at this point. I was thinking, he thinks we're such fucking nerds, Jesus. We are. But also, I'm so excited because, you know, you go to like sex sex shops and, you know, either it's very limited or you just don't, it's not every day you get to tour a sex facility. It's true. Sex toy facility. Good there, thing we have friends in There aren't many places. of them. That's the thing. Right. You know, that's why I know when people come here, they get excited and I, I get it because... No one else has this. Like there, there are other companies that make sex toys, but they don't manufacture them. They, well, they probably you know? manufacture. They they buy them from China. They make them overseas, and mm-hmm. like, look, they design them. They do their thing. No sort of like, I'm not talking shit about them, but like, they don't manufacture the product. They're not hands on, and we are. Like, we've been manufacturing since 1976, and. When you come here, like you guys just did, it's like Willy Wonka. It's like I'm giving you an actual tour of a facility, not of a shipping warehouse, and being like, oh, there's sex toys in all those corrugated boxes right there. It's like, no, you're actually (coughs) watching product getting made. So like when you see that with your own eyes, all this time that you might have been buying sex toys or going to sex stores, you don't know where they're made. Like you never thought you'd actually even be able to pull that curtain back. So that's what's that's what's cool about being here. You know what? It just dawned on me because I never considered any of that shit when purchasing my sex toys because I'm not a huge masturbator. I don't have like a huge 
inventory. But I was just watching this show about like black market and like made in China, and I'm like, I don't know if I want my sex toys coming from a facility that. Oh I've yeah, because there's like a bunch of toxic shit and mm-hmm. weird things, and like, who knows? Like, salmonella. <laughs> Salmon- Salmon- Salmonella. Salmonella. <laughs> <laughs> salmonella. You definitely don't want salmonella <laughs> on your dildo. Never know. So get that e cooter. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so basically, what I'm saying is, Doc Johnson is the only way to go because it's American made, and we saw where it's made. It's very clean. Everyone's wearing hair nets, and it smells good. And I like we, that. And I we like work that. here now. Yeah. And, we, and, we, and we work here now. So you own a piece of it. <laughs> came came once. Um, Jamila's already volunteered her vagina for molding. Mm-hmm. So you know, if anyone out there wants a. Vagina of Jimmy, a mold of Jamila's vagina. vagina, You know, that kind of rhymes. Coming in 2020. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Honestly, honestly coming. (laughs) Um, Or, you know, if you just want our our two cents on your masturbation go tos, we could do that too. (laughs) We have many, there's many options, Chad. So when you say you're not a big masturbator, what does that mean? Erica always has to remind me. You just undersold yourself and then offered your services. So I offered my vagina, which is great. I said, I don't masturbate, but my vagina's great <laughs> for a small fee. <laughs> uh, I don't really masturbate a lot. I don't know if that has to do with like being shamed in childhood because I don't, I'm like, maybe I got caught once or something, but I prefer to have sex with did humans. Did you get caught once? I feel like maybe I did or like, it was just a secret thing. I told you I found my parents' motion lotion, which now I know was made at Doc Johnson. Yep. <laughs> Remember the one you could blow on and it gets hot? <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know. It just takes me a lot. To like want to masturbate, I'd rather just like go through my Rolodex and see who's available, which is probably not healthy either. <laughs> well, in honor of our meeting with Chad, I've definitely indulged last night with the iVibe iRock. Wait, no. Yeah, iVibe. Yeah, iRock. It was great. I'm quite <laughs> enjoying it. I've literally FaceTimed multiple friends. Actually, when I when I got it, I called Jamila immediately, and she was doing lashes on someone, and I was like, I need to talk to you. And I FaceTimed her, and I, I was like, is this not a good time? She's like, no. And then I called her back, and the fucking thing moves. It's like, fucks you. The, the, the dick well, part. Well, it taps the G-spot. Well, I just have never seen something like that. I was just like, wow, Doc Johnson is next level with their shit. That's well, the point. Very innovative. Doc Johnson was so so kind to send us things. I got the iVibe. And I vibe with the iVibe. Because <laughs> I don't masturbate like that, but I put it on. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Okay, Doc. Yeah, so you, never, you never know until you know. You don't. So now I think I'm going to um, masturbate more. I hope so. You know, I'm always, always encouraging Jamila to masturbate more. Like because Erica will dip off in any time of the day into her room and masturbate with anybody in the living room. I don't care. <laughs> which, which I commend you for because I have to have like full like full focus. I got to do what I got to do. And you know what? Masturbation really takes the edge off of my stress. So it's, it's a stress reliever. What about you? I side with Erica. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stress reliever. You, you have a really penis. Honestly, I've masturbated not even because I was horny. I was just irritated. And I just needed to take the edge off. And I was like, whoa, this is a great solution. It really is. Yeah, so I think if I was a female, I would masturbate even more. It, Why? It seems, I th- but I feel like men masturbate easier. more than women. They do. I think men do masturbate more, but in terms of ability to maybe just go and get a quick session in 
guys obviously have like a cleanup situation and just sort of like mm. different things. I that feel are like, like a your guys' bit... shit is way more easy. I've seen guys come on the floor and I keep it. Know. It's like a girl you. we gotta lay down. <laughs> I got, I've literally seen a guy like come on the carpet and keep put it back in his pants. Like, Only oh, do that in the hotel room. <laughs> I just feel like yeah, I feel like girls like it's more of a, at least for me like I gotta find the right place. I might have to yeah. lay down somewhere. Yeah, like it has to be in the mental state. Or guys, you can like stand up. It's like peeing. Yeah, literally. Right. Or I think I it's a personal thing too. Like for me, I I do have to be more on the right place like yeah if, mine's I, the if i know that i'm in an area where like someone could walk in or if i'm in an area where i feel like uh like someone might be coming home at a certain time like it might take me five minutes to masturbate let's say right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. on a regular day but if i know someone's coming home in 25 minutes i won't be able to masturbate. i'll be like i won't have enough time <laughs> what if you walk in your wife and is gonna be upset what are you doing this other sort of stuff i'm so. here Hi. Is that your Literally dad? put a note on the door not to come in. Is that your dad? Yeah. Oh my gosh. What did I, I tell you? In? I know. Wait. He's he's the king. Where yeah. did he come back? He oh yeah. Oh, you guys would love him. <laughs> come back. Um, well, speaking of your dad, not to like get from that, your masturbations to your father. But <laughs> always where my head goes. <laughs> in researching the history of Doc Johnson, yes, I found that you guys you know were founded in 1976. Um, how did your dad get into? creating sex toys like it seemed like a very much of like a taboo type of industry to enter into especially at that time like what was this aha moment where he was like I'm gonna start making penises yeah I mean for him it was just sort of like right place right time mm-hmm. or wrong place wrong time depending on what you think of <laughs> you know our industry and what you do but he grew up in Cleveland Ohio and sort of unbeknownst to most people out there in the world kind of like the major players in the adult business mm. were from the Cleveland area mm. especially and and Midwest specifically um and he got hooked up with some people uh just that for a job and it was basically you know magazines and some of like the VHS that was happening around that time and uh just kind of worked his way up and it was a job. And that was really what it kind of came down to in the beginning. Um, but he was a good worker. He's very, like, motivated and he's he's that type of personality. Like, he's a worker bee. Mm-hmm. Um, and was running magazines and videos, like, up and down the East Coast. Like, magazines and videos, like, porn? Or yeah, like- porn, to, to porn, adults, porn, to porn, porn. Adult yeah, 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 okay. yeah. So, adult stores. And, you know, back then it was the... You know, it was the the machine stores mm-hmm. and, and uh, truck stops and things like that that mm. were doing all the, like, nudie magazines and the little, like, uh, VHSs. And what there was something even before VHS that I can't really remember. Well, were they in, like, I remember, like, Blockbuster. Well, not Blockbuster, but, like, this, like the, 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 yeah, the VHS, yeah. Like, yeah. The adult VHS section in the, the back. back. Yeah, yeah, way before Blockbuster. This <laughs> was, like, mostly for adult stores and things like that. Mm-hmm. But magazines were huge back then. Not just, like, Playboy and Penthouse and Hustler, but just, like, all these other ones that were, like, a lot raunchier. Mm. Um, and, you know, that was a really big business. Um, so he used to do that for a while. Just kind of worked his way up um, and ended up with the organization that he was with uh, was stretching out into Europe. And he moved over to the UK for a while and Amsterdam for a little while. And that's really where he started to focus in on, like, the product part of it. Because mm. he saw in Europe the taboo was less uh, if even non-existent in comparison to the states, and he really liked that they were focusing on product there. And for for the states at the time, our product was basically like shrink wrapped dildos, like in a bin in the store, because <laughs> right. they made their money off of the peepus or like the live sex shows in the back mm. and uh, and uh, <clears throat> the VHSs and the videos. 
So product was a real big afterthought here in the States. And that's just something he really focused in on overseas and decided that it was something that he felt that he could lead the charge on here in the States, uh, moved back to the States and bought a manufacturer that was in this building that we're in currently in, in 1976. He purchased that manufacturing facility, mm-hmm. um, but utilized their equipment and their material and their suppliers at the time to make sex toys. Were they already making sex toys then, or they? They were? weren't. They were <clears throat> making some stuff that was like um, novelty. So, like you remember, like the little like water guns that have like a little penis head on them or whatever. Mm. But mostly, they were making like fishing lures. Oh, interesting. And like those little rubber like things like that. Oh. So, like just they had the suppliers and they had the machinery, but they weren't utilizing it for our purposes. Got it. Um, so he bought that company and started making sex toys, and it was uh, basically one of those stories of like. Uh, hit the ground running and just sort of never looked back. Like, what was like the first sex toy that Doc Johnson created? Uh, this uh, we call it the two hundred because it was it's, the SKU number was two zero zero dash zero zero CD. It's an eight inch dong. <laughs> Okay. Literally, that's what it was. Um, um, so but dong means We had a like lot of products like, all at one dong? time. Dong is just a dildo. Oh, it's got no it. No balls or anything oh. like that. Not necessarily realistic looking, but still phallic. Um, the truth is, if you look at our first catalog, we had a lot of products already. I mean, we had like almost 200 products from oh, wow. anal to dongs and dildos and even some, you know, not in modern times, but like strokers and things like that that were like really creepy and compared to what we do today (laughs) very unrealistic and stuff but um there was already a good amount of product um but you know that we like to say if we're going to narrow it down to one that it's kind of like that 200 because that's kind of one of the most classic sort of do you guys still make that one yeah we do yeah we do where did the name doc johnson come from um so at the time that ron started the business johnson was the second most popular surname in the world Johnson and Johnson. Um, and Doc, he felt like, you know, this business started as marital aids. Like, that's like what they used to call sex toys. It was like marital aids. Oh, to help aids. you in your marriage? Oh, marital oh. aids. Basically. Hmm. Um, so he wanted to do something that felt familiar but not technical. So like doctor feels Maybe. technical mm-hmm. and feels like medical. Whereas like Doc is kind of like a nickname. And it was like kind of more friendly and approachable. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of married the two together. And, and also Johnson, Johnson goes hand in hand with. Yeah, he says that wasn't the case at oh, all. Oh, come on. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't around. So. <laughs> um, was your mom in on this? Or did she kind of uh, meet him while he had already been in this industry? She met him while he was already in the industry. Much smaller time than he is currently in, in, in terms of the business. Um, this was back when he was just living on the East Coast. Um, he had been in the business for a little while, um, but uh, but he didn't own Doc Johnson yet or anything like that. So that all, they actually moved to Europe together oh, nice. and then out to LA together as well. So this was all kind of on, on, on their watch together, I guess, to some degree. Was your mom kind of like, what am I getting myself into? Or she was all about it? Because at yeah, that time, I, you know, it's kind of it was it's taboo, and also explaining to your family. Yeah, and oh, I'm marrying the guy, and he sells. Yeah, it's the- interesting because my mom. It's almost like she kind of had two different lives in a certain way. Like it, she was born and raised outside of like Boston, Massachusetts, sort of Roman Catholic upbringing, Italian family. Um, 
she thought my dad was Italian, which is the only reason she even agreed to go on a date with him. <laughs> He's not. Because back then, I don't think she realized that like Jews and Italians share similar features, especially <laughs> our noses. So um, found out he wasn't Italian. But I mean, I guess he made an impression because a guy that I feel like she probably would have been like never mind to, she ended up actually having like a very serious relationship that involved moving continents and Mm -hmm. cities and all the way across country back to Los Angeles when that's not even where they were from in the first place. And so um, it's an interesting tale that I don't know that I have ever fully wrapped my head around. And and I don't know that either one of them did either. It's definitely not a relationship that worked long term, but like it had its moments. Oh, they divorced. Yeah. Yeah. Long time. Longer than they were together. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did your dad remarry? Yeah, multiple times. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Multiple times. Is he married so, now? He is. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Ron likes marriage. I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at him. If yeah. one doesn't work, keep it moving. Yes. <laughs> Next. Um, you, are you the only child? I'm the only child uh, of Ron's. Okay. And, you have a sister and, named Erica, actually. Oh, yeah, you do have a sister. I, I do. Yeah, Erica. Um, it, it's technically my stepsister. Mm-hmm. I mean, just... You know, if we're, but, um, and she works in the business as well, right? Yeah, she does. She used to work with us. Um, uh, she doesn't work with us directly anymore, but she still works sort of, uh, in the PR, uh, for different people in our industry and things like that. Cool. Um, her mom, she's her mom's only daughter. Mm-hmm. And so when her mom and my dad married, we became step siblings. Right, but right. in terms of my mom, I'm, I'm the only child. And in terms of Ron, I'm the only child. Got it. So, yeah. And I had a stepbrother growing up from another marriage of Ron's. Ron's, right. (laughs) And no longer. Ron is busy. (laughs) Ron's doing his thing. I'm not mad at Ron. So I I read that growing up, you thought that because your parents weren't totally open with you about what they were doing and what they did for work, you thought your family was possibly in the mafia? Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Which is fucking hilarious. Well, as a, definitely as a kid who also grew up like mob obsessed, you know, <laughs> Goodfellas, Godfather, and all that stuff. Like, I just knew that, I just knew at a certain point in my life that I didn't feel that my family was being honest with me about what they did for work, what were which they I thought was weird. Well, the story started as sort of like, um, what do we call it? Like health and wellness. Like, um, oh, okay. That's, that's accurate. You know, so it was like um, import-export of like, you know, uh, health and beauty aids. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of always just ran the gamut of things from like hair dryers to this thing and that thing. They were whatever blowing things. Be, right? Things that blow. But also my dad used to say import-export a lot, which I think meant something back in the day. But yeah, like a of, 10-year-old well, kid. But you, you just, automatically think mafia. We're exporting yeah, shit. Yeah, like import-export just to me <laughs> as a 10-year-old kid who didn't know what importing or exporting was per se. It just felt like fake. Mm. And then I would also hear the story change from time to time about like what it is that we were actually importing, exporting. And as I got a little bit older, all my friends' parents had jobs that I fully 100% understood. <laughs> they were a doctor. They were a lawyer. They were a real estate agent. They were in the Wall Street stockbroker. They were... They owned a car deal. Whatever it was, it was like, I fully get that job. I understand it. You know, they're a teacher. They were this. And then my dad was like, oh, I'm an import-export. You know, (laughs) which was like this kind of just like, and I was like, oh, my dad's in the fucking mob. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I also knew that we had money. Like, I knew that my dad and my family, like, I, I knew that I was living a life that was very nice and very, like, 
uh, comfortable. Right. Um, and, you know, how do you get money if you don't necessarily work? But I knew my dad <laughs> did stuff every day. But you never went to the office or saw where he actually worked. I did come to the office at one point. I had asked my dad to come here because a lot of my friends were doing like a day at work with your dad type oh, stuff. Dad. So like I had asked and that was also led to another part of my like why I was concerned is because when I asked him to come here, he was not very like welcoming. He's like, right like away. why? He's yeah, like, he's it was, like lock all the different. It was rooms. more like yeah, let's let, like let's talk to your mom and uh, you know we'll figure it out. And Show it wasn't just kind of like something. So then my mom had asked him to make sure that I just stayed in his office and that you know whatever it was. But I think he thought that I was young enough that he could take me around and I wouldn't really understand what I was looking at. How old were you? I don't know exactly anymore because you know how like you remember these things and right. stories kind of change and. You know, if you it ask, seems like, it seems like a dream. If you ask him, it's like this doesn't even exist. <laughs> but I about? know the age that I was at that I always say was I knew that I had a penis. Mm. So I was at an age where I knew that I had a penis. I knew what a penis looked like, and I knew that my dad had a lot of penises. <laughs> like I don't know how your dad thought he was going to slide that by. Like in you his, actually have a in penis. his office in his place of work. Like, right. Why are there a lot of, of penises? And at that, I, but I also know that I was not nearly of age to have any idea that like a penis would ever be replicated for like sexual purposes right mm-hmm. so like that was out completely so i was in that really weird age i don't know was i eight or a ten you know where was I? I but i also knew it was a thing that i wasn't necessarily supposed to share with anybody okay so i kind of just like kept it to myself that like i had seen these penises and that like i had seen <laughs> this like stuff and i was just kind of like i just kind of lived with that which wow. is probably why I'm so fucked up today. So what was the final moment where it was revealed and how did they tell you? So another sort of situation where, you know, depends on who you ask the story to. Mm-hmm. My The honest answer is he, he still has not told me what he does. <laughs> Just come to work and take yeah. over. Um, I had a step, like I said, I had a stepbrother growing up who was like five years older than me. So it was a pretty big age difference at that time in your life. So I think when he was like 17, I was 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I was over my, he obviously lived with uh, my dad and his mom and I did not. I lived with my mom. So I was over there one weekend. I was with a buddy of mine and uh, again, because no one knew what my dad did. This buddy of mine asked me again, "What does your dad do?" And I gave him the sexual, uh, the, not the sexual, the, the the fucking health and beauty aid story. <laughs> and my seventeen-year-old stepbrother was like, "That's not what your dad does for a living." And I was like, "Wait, what do you mean?" And he goes, "Your dad makes fake dicks and pussies for a living." And I was, "Oh God!" But and why? I, and I was like, "I knew it." <laughs> you know, like I'm like, I fucking knew it. So um, that was kind of, and I didn't know it. You know, like I knew it, but I hadn't been told it and I hadn't asked it, but I did know it when he said it. So it was like almost confirmation of things that I had overheard along the way. Mm -hmm. And I was like 12, 13 years old. So I was definitely of an age where I started to piecemeal things together. And Mm -hmm. I knew what sex was. I knew what penises were. I knew what vaginas were. Wait, but so like growing, so your dad is running this in like this massive in like sex toy business. Did your parents ever really what was the talk of sex in your house? Like, did you guys ever talk about sex? Nothing. There really wasn't anything. I That's mean, so interesting. it wasn't like, again, my parents were split up at a very young age, like literally one years old. Mm-hmm. So like I lived with my mom my whole life. And I think obviously we probably had a semi weird relationship in terms of just how close we were because it was just the two of us. And, um, but also sometimes when you're that close, you're almost, you're also very protected. 
there really wasn't a sex really there wasn't a sex conversation between her and I at any point in time. Mm-hmm. And and when I think back on it, neither with 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 my dad. I mean, I, I felt like it was. It was a different era. Like I'm on, I'm, I'm the last node internet generation, you know. So like the way that I grew up, no one else really grew up that way ever again. Like even you guys uh, yeah. are five years younger than me, I think, or mm-hmm. something, right? So like, even you guys, it's a little bit of a different generation. Like we're close, but you grew up with more internet than I did, and you AOL. just had ways of learning stuff that I didn't have ways of learning. So like, parents could just straight up lie to your kids, <laughs> right. and, and so like they're... it was so much easier, and. I also think because the information wasn't accessible, we also just didn't know to ask questions. <laughs> right, like right, we didn't know. Like we, I don't, I didn't know to ask a question. I was just like, you'll be told something when you're told it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just shut the fuck, fuck up, up. <laughs> and just keep moving. You know, and like, so that's just a difference. I mean, like that's just I don't, you know. I and mean, my dad was able to just tell people whatever he wanted to tell them, and there was no way for them to find out. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Like the internet makes such a difference. You know what I mean? Like obviously. Yeah, we came in at like, what, when were we like 11, 12 when AOL started popping up and like instant messenger. But because we have all this access to the internet and because of social and because of this, all this other shit, like we have terms like sex positive parenting. And yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? it's a different, yeah, of course. But, but I still find it interesting that your dad, you know, he works in this industry and it is definitely a very, I would say, you know, it's, Extensive. It's it's extensive. There's a lot of things happening here. You have to be an expert. You're talking sex. I would imagine that he's talking sex products a lot and sex because you have to kind of understand sex in order to create these products. That then talking with your kids and preparing them for sex in any way is kind of taboo because of the time that he grew up in, but yet he's surrounded with this environment on a, on a regular basis. So like... It's just interesting that like those conversations never happened. Yeah, I mean, I would say. If like, did anything, you figure out? I would sex, say, if anything, it was like the reverse. You figured out sex on your own then, and like when well, you, we and, had and sex, sex toys, we had like sex, sex toys. Did you have an education on like how the toys worked? Like, was this something your dad went around like a son? So this one, this is. He, said no. he still hasn't even told him what yeah, they did. No, no, this no. one does this. So when you're selling this product, like, because I think about me and my mom, right. and, you know, like, we, you know, I'm in a family business as well. Obviously not sex, it's beauty. But my mom is a professional makeup artist, and she's shown me the ropes of makeup, and it's a less awkward conversation. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Sleep. This is an anal plug, son. <laughs> this goes. In, this goes uh, yeah. in the butt. <laughs> no, I don't think it's. I mean, you know, really, I think it, when I started working here, it just. How old were you when you started working here, too? Started working here the summer after eighth grade. So, like, going into ninth grade, I started working here. Um, You know, fake work, but work. (laughs) I mean, I started in the shipping department, and I worked. I mean, I did. Obviously, I also had summer vacation, and I did other things. But, like, I came in here Monday through Friday, and, like, I worked a full day. Um, And I worked here every summer until I started working here full time in 2004. Mm -hmm. Um, so every summer through high school and every summer through college, I would come home and, and, and work for the summer. Um, I pretty much worked in every single department that we have here because we have a lot of departments because, again, we manufacture and we do a lot of things in-house. So mm-hmm. we have a lot of different departments. It's not just like purchasing and accounting and sales and marketing. It's all these other things as well that actually make the ship run. Mm-hmm. So that's where he started me. Is like you need to know how this organization sort of runs from like the bottom up, you know, and what actually is like what actually makes this organization tick is everything 
behind these walls, right. you know, all of our manufacturing and our shipping and our receiving and all so that So you sort of always stuff. knew or he was grooming you to... Well, he always said to me from the beginning is you don't have to work for me, but you have to have a job. Like that, that he grew up having jobs over the summer. And, he, you know, I think, again, because I grew up from a very different cut of cloth than he did because he's sort of first generation... Um, wealthy, whatever whatever word you want to put to it. Um, I think he wanted to instill certain things in me of like, look, I grew up fucking working in the summer. You're going to grow up working in the summer just because you have way more things than I ever had growing up. You still have to have this sort of like balance and this sort of like groundedness in your life. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I wasn't stupid. I'm like, well, I'm not going to work for somebody else. I'm going to work for you. Because you know? <laughs> I can get away with way more working right, for you right, than right. I can for somebody else who's really going to be a prick to me. Uh, and then I think it became one of those things where it's like, yeah, well, if I, if I figure out what I want to do with my life, then I'll go and do that. And if I don't, uh, or if I decide that this is what I want to do with my life, then I will have a, some incredible education moving into that. Uh, having worked here for so long. So every summer, I think it became the same thing, which was, why would I not work here and continue to learn this business? I think being an only child and having this being a one-generation old company, as I got older and a little bit more sort of wiser, it became like, well, if I don't take this over, then who is? And I also felt like I had some real things that I wanted to do here in this business. And so it kind of, as I went to business school uh, in college, it became more like, that's really where I'm going to head. So then it became a a decision that I made of like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Partially also because I didn't necessarily find something that I was like really passionate about about outside of like, I I felt like I wanted to be in business. So then it became like, well, why would I not be in this business? It's fun. business. It's fun, it is successful, but it also is at risk. Like it's not like a 10 generation old company that's just like this machine and I just need to come in and kind of just like completely not fuck it up. It's like I actually have like a real job here that I have to do on a day-to-day basis in order to make this company run or this company will just close, Mm -hmm. you know. So that's something that, you know, is important to me and kind of like the the legacy of the business. Mm also being able to pass it down again if 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 I want to or if the next generation wants to take it over but if I didn't do that there wouldn't even be that option right right so it kind of became one of those like pressured things in some degree as well as like if you don't do it no one else will and that's the end of that mm-hmm. now that you've taken you know you're taking you've taken over and maybe it wasn't initially something sex stories weren't something you're were passionate about because of the industry how ha- are you more sexually open and kinky because i mean you're pushing sex toys (laughs) yeah i think i'm i think i'm as sexually open as you can possibly get mentally i don't know necessarily how kinky i am in my day-to-day life but it's just like there's nothing that's weird to me there's nothing that you could say to me that would like turn me off or freak me out or like any of that type of stuff so in terms of like the the mental aspect of it like i just i've seen it all and i've heard it all and there's just nothing weird or like strange to me anymore um how much of it do i do i partake of in 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 my sex life probably one percent right right you know um so yeah i mean that's kind of the when you were growing up how did you deal with like because kids can be cruel and weird and be like your dad sells dicks yeah (laughs) how did you know that i mean I, i would imagine that at some point you know you were really popular because of it and like 
you gave like the best gifts ever. <laughs> but then at some point too, like they're like, you know, it's 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 an interesting. I think industry to be in. We actually interviewed this couple who's our poor porn stars, um, and they they have kids. And obviously, you're not a porn star, but <laughs> yeah. he's like, no, hmm, you never know. Yeah. Have you done any molds? <laughs> <laughs> have you molded yourself so he's for a, secret, Doc a Johnson? Secret, a secret mold. <laughs> um, but yeah, like ex- yeah, like explaining that and navigating that as a teenager or even like in eighth grade. Yeah, I mean, I think I I. I got lucky, I think, for sure. I, mean, I, I went to a, a small private school in Los Angeles. Um, I had, uh, you know, a really good group of friends before any of this became knowledge to anybody. Um, I think that I had a, a very strong sense of myself and I had a very strong position at my particular school. Um, I was not someone who was like a wallflower or, or someone who before this was uh, sort of picked on or bullied or any popular. of that type of stuff. Yeah, into some, <laughs> You're cool. But, it, but again, and I say that fully knowing that it was like big fish, small pond, you know, and I think that there's a lot of schools in L.A. that I could have gone to where that would have been a completely different situation, mm-hmm. you know, and that just would have been a thousand kids in your grade and – you're popular maybe in your one group of friends, but right. not in the actual scheme of things, mm-hmm. right? So by the time it became knowledge, there really wasn't anywhere for me to sort of like – it wasn't – that wasn't going to change in my life. And mm-hmm. it didn't change in my life. I mean maybe behind my back there was things said about me or whatnot, but nothing that ever changed how I lived on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. When I went to college, for me, it was already – I'm 18 years old and I made it a very concerted effort to be like, this is what I do. This mm-hmm. is what my family does because I don't care anymore. And also like if you don't like this or if this is weird to you or if we're not going to like be friends because of this – Let's fucking find out right now because I don't want to like play that game with you at all. And I think that also comes from just having not known for so long and understanding why my parents did lie to everybody, including myself. I was almost like, oh, I'm going to take the exact opposite approach and I'm going to be very in your face about it. And if you love it, cool. And if you don't, fuck it. But of course, at 18 years old, everyone loved it and everyone just wanted product and they thought I was the coolest person in the world because of it, not in spite of it. Right, right. So... You know. How do you plan on having this discussion with you have a one and a half year old son? Yeah. Your new dad? Yeah. Well, How's that going? Yeah, one and a half year old. Are you sleeping? Dad. That's still new. That's that still, is new. Shit, my baby's five. I'm still getting used to Are it. Are you sleeping? Is he sleeping through the night? Yeah, in that aspect of things, it's been like amazing. He's like perfectly like sleep trained from like three months. Oh, nice. And Look was like sleeping through it. the night and just crushing life in that regard. Yeah, you look well rested. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because even I know I'm so lucky that even well rested to like I think new parents is still so different than what well rested used to mean. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. that's true. Um, but because I also am a little bit crazy with it too, just in the sense of like I I don't sleep anywhere near as soundly as I ever slept before. Oh yeah, no, no. never. The sounds again. you hear, or just even the popping up to check real quick on like the monitor, or like the noises coming from the monitor, and that's a, that's just a different lifestyle, and it's just there's no going back, and it's <laughs> it's just different, and you'll never be the same. I don't think. Like that's why parents get up so early, and you're no, like, why do you get up so early? My daughter's four and a half now. I heard something in the middle of the night, like creaking. I was like, I was yep. like in the deepest sleep ever. I was like in midst of dreaming, and I was like. <gasps> 
Yeah, it's just it's she, different. Irene's been talking in her sleep a lot. It's it's like Spidey senses, but it's like parent senses. Like yeah, suddenly, exactly. I'll wake up at three o'clock, and be like, she needs to pee. She's gonna pee my butt. <laughs> but uh, in regards to the conversation, I mean, honestly, I have no clue because he's gonna know again way before I would have ever known. I mean, he'll know probably by like what six or seven or eight years old, just because he'll be able to use the internet. I mean, he's already on a fucking iPad, and he like he we don't really let him do it, but like he. When he gets in front of it, he understands it mm-hmm. fully already at yeah. a year and a half. Like, he understands, like, the home button and, like, where to touch things and, like, how to make things come on. So, I mean, like, what's that going to take? Another couple of years yeah. before he's, like, fully understanding? I mean, obviously, parental controls and all that other sort of stuff. But it's just tough. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to do it or when I'm going to do it. But I, I know that I don't have anywhere near the leeway that, like, my dad had or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. that's out the window for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, w- I mean, would you even want to do that? I mean, do you think that that affected no, you in a negative way? I, well, I don't know. I haven't reconciled yet how I feel about it in terms of protection because I don't know how he's going to grow up. I don't know where he's going to go to school. I don't know all these other features. Now, granted, it's way less taboo, way more mainstream and way more talked about today than it was when I was growing up. But, you know, I think once you become a dad, you realize you have to protect them at all costs. And so at the end of the day, like, I don't ever want him to be bullied or ridiculed or outcast because of what, you know, his family does for a living. So it's an interesting conversation. And like I said, not one that I've fully, like, reconciled. I know I don't really have a choice, though. So it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But if I did have a choice, what would I do? I don't know. Because I I do want to just... Protection is all I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel way better about where we are today as a culture and as a society within Los Angeles, I should say that, um, based on what I do for a living um, and how that will be received by people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. You know, When I was applying to schools in Los Angeles, m- nobody knew what my dad did. They never judged him and and, 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 and and also judged me based on that, right? Like, I was accepted to a school based on merit, not based on, like, well, so we have a guy who does sex toys, like, I mean, that's here. so interesting because I'm applying to kindergarten right now. Yeah. And, like, they, it's so, and a lot you know of, LA and so private school kindergartens, some of them I'm applying to. And the questions they ask are so, I'm like, they're, like, they're very, like, not intrusive, but I they mean, are in a bit. And like, they want to know. You know. They're going to Google you. you. And they're going to Google me, but they're going to Google you too and ask you, like, what is, when you have to fill out that, that description of, like, what is your job title? What do you write? Like, sex toy god? Yeah. Sex toy. <laughs> sex toy That's sex. What I, that, I was playing with the sex title, but I was kind of landing on sex toy god. Sex toy god? <laughs> King yeah. of the sex toys. Yeah, but <laughs> you prince. get it. I mean, look, they're going to listen to this. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna Google you. They're mm. gonna listen to your podcast. I know. I thought they're about that. They're gonna go too. through your history. I mean, that's what's gonna happen. Now, you know, it all depends on what you're looking for and what you want, right? But um, it's 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 a it, again, you have to do what is right, but it's it's a difficult thing because of how much information people have at their fingertips today about you and every little thing you've ever done, and as oh. you become. Uh, more um, public mm-hmm. facing, um, there's more information and there's more chance for missteps or things that people might look at negatively. Mm. 
So, um, and I wouldn't say that I'm very public facing, but my company is. So then by extension, I have become, as I've sort of become the face and the voice of Doc Johnson, I've become very public facing, you know, and there's a lot of articles with me now, and there's a lot of podcasts with me now, and there's a lot of things that I've said, and there's a lot of articles and all that other sort of shit. So you Google Chad Braverman and you're, there's a plethora of information that's going to pop up. How you deem to view that information is, is, is going to be different from person to person. I think it's interesting, even talking about generation to generation, and like the, there's less censorship because there's more exposure. I, I think for us, there is this like, there is this this line that we throttle, like that we throttle because is that the right word? Throttle. Throttle. Yeah. Kinda no. Anyway, um, you know what I mean. <laughs> I think our parents came from a place where everything's very hush hush. Everything's very private. Why do you have to tell your business? Don't tell anybody what's going on in our house. Don't tell. Don't go tell your your friends our business. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's like our our mindset. But as the internet comes and tweeting and people are pulling up your shit and there's podcasts and we're talking all this shit online, there's less there's less privacy. And I think for us, like our parents taught us to be hush hush. Sex life's private. Certain things are private. But then there's this part of us that's like wants to be honest and be who we are and there's social media and all these things but they can they can haunt you later so well, the best thing i ever i mean you've probably seen this but one of the best things i ever read was that uh i forget who said it or where it came from some stupid meme probably or whatever but it was like people forget that invisibility was a superpower you know mm-hmm. and like today like no one wants to be invisible right and mm-hmm. it's like obviously we're, we're all striving for certain things but i don't know about being famous for being famous but being public for uh, a sort of a certain measure of success based on if you can reach more people, your podcast is going to be more successful, right? Mm-hmm. If I can reach more people, my business is going to be more successful. So go down the line with that, right? But how you sort of get that information out there and what the public wants, and it's like everyone wants information and gossip and all this sort of shit. And we're just pulling, 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 pulling. But like in when we kind of step back from it, that that line that like we forgot that invisibility was a superpower is like really interesting in kind of today's world where like no one can kind of be that way and it's almost looked at as like if you say you're invisible it's almost looked at as like a bad thing I know it's so in true in the sense of like no yeah, one notices me I'm invisible and that well, type of thing so followers. yeah or, what, or yeah right well, I mean or like someone like me who has 300 <laughs> and is very proud of it well we'll follow you speaking Jack. of uh, like visibility and the sex industry <laughs> the visibility in the sex industry I've noticed that obviously every industry is led by trends in some way and i see that you know i think the sex industry quote me if i mean i could be totally wrong but i feel like it's moving in a way and it's moving in this direction of like social media and obviously women are becoming more empowered to explore their bodies and are probably buying sex toys at a much higher rate than ever before whereas before i feel like sex toys were generally for men's pleasure or or men are mostly allowed to be openly sexual right um and now we see like we were just looking over here and safari has a sex toy with doc johnson and we me and jamila were like where do we get safari's dick i can't believe he has a sex toy well it's right here, yeah, right here. um <laughs> and like you know we're looking at all these other like you know you know what been- like reality television stars that are getting molds of their vaginas and things like is the sex industry really, it's kind of like with like Fifty Shades of Grey and like social media, are those, is that where it's going? Is like, it influence, do you see an influence in your sales and in certain like requests for certain things because of those type of, because of social media and because of movies and shit like that? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, mainstream, 
whatever it's sort of speaking on is, is going to push the needle and, 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 or I should say move the needle, right? So like a Fifty Shades of Grey, for instance, was a very uh, mainstream uh, phenomenon centered around BDSM and fetish. So in a very overlooked category in our business for a long time was specifically BDSM and fetish. There were people that were in it. Still a very big market, but it wasn't mainstream. So a lot of people that maybe would want to get into it or explore it a little bit were not at all because it was like, oh, that's BDSM and fetish, and that's going to fucking tie me up in a dungeon. Mm-hmm. 50 Shades of Grey took that and flipped it on its head, and now all of a sudden we're selling out of fucking Benoit balls and ropes Benoit and balls? like the little balls that you put in like your vagina for like Kegel exercises. Oh, uh, and... Yoni Egg? Um, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, like Yoni Egg or whatever. Like, that's something like if I, had given, if I had given a girlfriend of mine Benoit balls 10 years ago – like, she would have, like, said, what the fuck what is, this is this for? And then all of a sudden, the whole world is selling out of Benoit balls because of Fifty Shades of Grey. Because Christian Grey or whatever stuck these up sexy, fucking right? Dakota, Dakota Johnson's fucking pussy. <laughs> right. And then they're like, you know, we're selling out of them. So, and ropes and, and all this other sort of stuff became really, really popularized. If you go back, like, 20 years ago, it, it was Sex in the City. And mm. the, the four girls on that show were sitting around a table talking about masturbation. And they were talking about the rabbit. That Charlotte had bought. Oh, yeah, the rabbit. So now all of a sudden, like, the rabbit becomes the most popular item in the history of the adult industry all because fucking four women, for the first time ever, were seen and portrayed sitting around a table talking openly about masturbation and talking about vibrators during masturbation and all this other sort of stuff. And I think what happened was people were talking about it, but like you said, it was hush-hush. And now they brought it out into the forefront, and now other women were sitting there watching this show, which was a huge show at the time, saying, like, well, yeah, I masturbate. Like, I want a vibrator. Like, or my girlfriends and I talk about this stuff, too, mm-hmm. right? And so it started selling and selling and selling. And then it's, it spawned this entire category of product in our industry called literally the rabbit category. I mean, it's literally dual right. vibrators, a clitoral stimulator with an internal shaft, and there's an entire section. You go on any adult website in the world and if you go to categories you will see rabbit style vibrators right. and that's all because of sex in the city 20 years ago um in regards to some of these products that we're doing i think it just speaks more on sort of the 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 the, the branding of it and the mainstream ability of these products today where we're seeing people that are not in our industry that are interested and willing to actually create product within our industry so whether it is a, a full line of toys or whether it is something that is actually molded from their body part like safari for instance i mean that was an interesting situation obviously safari had a situation where he had a sort of a leaked picture slash uh, air quotes <laughs> i'll leave that to y'all uh, i'm so glad it leaked. and you know look guy Amen. has guy has a, a huge fucking cock and everybody saw it and so like i think we hit them up they hit us up it was like, whatever it was like they know we can mold and we can actually bring that like realistically to the public. So we were able to sit down and like actually pitch him this concept and, and he was willing to do it because it is not as crazy as it was 10, 15 right. years ago. Do you feel like, like those products do well? Yeah, they do great. They do well, I know. Yeah. I don't think. I yeah. know they do well. Yeah, I, mean, I would a, say because people... It's a huge part of our business. If you go back to like the traditional stuff, like the like the, the, the film people that we mold, like the porn stars and stuff like that, right? I mean, the concept behind that always was is just bringing the fantasy to real life. Right. So if I'm sitting there watching my favorite female performer, my favorite male performer on, 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 on video, on film, on whatever I'm at, I'm on Pornhub or whatever, right? 
I get to actually use the product at the same time. So it's I'm not just jerking off, which is a fantasy in and of itself, but I'm actually using the product molded based on this person. I'm actually fucking Safari. I'm actually fucking Safari, or I'm actually fucking, you know, uh, Danny Daniels, or whoever it is, right? So um, that was the concept of it. Now we're doing that in, in, in other ways as well. So whether it's social media stars, we have this whole line of like social girls of social media. Um, Who aren't even in the porn industry, They're right? not in the porn industry at all. I mean, these are girls that, you know, are, are big on Instagram and in and, and, and different mediums like Instagram um, that uh, we've partnered with um, to to mold their body parts and, and to bring that fantasy, you know, to, to, to customers. So I read somewhere that you sell about 76,000 products per week on out. Like, no, we make. Or make. About seventy six thousand. We make products. about fifteen to twenty thousand a day okay. from this facility. Okay. So yeah, we sell facility? a lot more than that. But we no no no. But I'm so saying okay. like uh, fr- well we do we do make product overseas and, okay. and we, you know we make about seventy percent of our product here. So thirty okay. percent of our product comes from other areas. Okay. Um, but would, uh, so yeah, so we make about fifteen to twenty thousand a day out of this facility. Would you say? Would you say most of your um, customer, what would, are they mostly women, men? Is it 50 50 or we're has pretty, it shifted? We're, we're pretty split. I would say that that's shifted from probably more male dominated before than it is. But um, I think because of the the product selection that we have and the categories that we uh, that we make product for, we're still heavily uh, split, kind of right down the middle at, at, at about 50 50. Um, we make a lot of product uh, for men because we do make – we have a huge business of like masturbators and strokers and things like that. Mm-hmm. We also have a major business of uh, gay product. So mm-hmm. it's still men, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Categorically, if you're going to talk like sexes, it's, mm-hmm. it's men. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, for women, we also do a lot of product uh, for uh, lesbian women and, uh, and and women in general. So it's it's we're still split about fifty fifty. But Who's, I'd say we were probably more about like seventy thirty before male to male to female. Wow. Well, as far as products for women, are mostly women making these products, or is it mostly men that make them? Like, how do you go about design? The, even design is it just. Like, is there a whole research department about anatomy, or is it like, are these products Customer being feedback? made? Because I, I would assume that in the in the sex toy industry, historically, it's mostly been male men making products for women. Um, although we did meet what's her name, Angelie, and Johnny, and Johnny yeah. in the back, who is actually sculpting like the most beautiful penis I've ever. ever seen. She's literally back there with like a sculpting tool, like making veins in the penis. I can't wait to post this picture because it was so cool, but. I mean, how many how many of her do you have, or like how does that how does that work when you're creating a product for women? Because I personally feel like sometimes I get vibrators that I'm like, this isn't for me. One vibrator yeah. doesn't fit all. Yeah, like you. Well, think, and that is what like it, my I mean, clit is a little bit higher than maybe someone else, or like it's that, not reaching it. But that is, or it's too short. Part of <laughs> why the answer to that question matters and doesn't matter to some degree. Mm-hmm. So like our our breakup a little bit is when we have a four-person product development team, they actually happen to be all female. I love that. We have a five-person marketing team. They also happen to be all female. <laughs> we have a seven-person sales team, and that's pretty much split like four and three, f- f- female to male. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Is that intentional or? No, nothing's intentional. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, again, it's always just best hire, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think, though, what we look at it is like we call it like a sexual fingerprint. Like you two can be best friends, 
and I will give you both the same vibrator and it absolutely positively will not work for one of you, right? Mm -hmm. And it might be the best for the other one. So it's not that the vibrator was designed poorly. It was actually designed perfectly, right? It was, you know. For you. Yeah. Um, And that's why in some regards there is so much product out there. Um, I will say there are products that do have inherent flaws and there's things that were probably overlooked along the way and there's things, there's mistakes that we've made. But, you know, we spend a lot of time developing these products. There is people that we have, you know, FNF basically that will like test products. We have ways that we go about that as well. Do you need any more testers? For sure. (laughs) But one of the things it is, 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 is we're less interested in like the sort of quintessential, did it get you off? We're way more interested in like, how did it feel? Was it user-friendly? Could you find the buttons? Were you able to turn it off after you came? Like some of these other questions that actually are like easier to determine and correct than they are for you to come back to me and be like, well, I just did an orgasm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mike, let's No, it's more, a little more this. technical than that. Yeah, and so like there are ways to sort of go about that, but also sometimes it's about like, well, what gets this person off and and, and have we delivered the product in the, in the, in the manner that we meant to deliver it to? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you talk about like prostate items or things like that, where you are really talking about anatomically shaped, then that is something that we make sure is designed, you know, with the right angles and the right features and the right curves. When you're talking about vibrators per se, sometimes it's just about like, are we using the right motor? Are we using the right electronics? Are we used for the right material? Can we quiet it? Can we make the buttons more user friendly? Do the buttons work the way that we anticipated them to? How does it charge? All these other sorts of things. And then obviously packaging and stuff like that. But it doesn't necessarily mean uh, there's a never found an item that's sort of like one size fits all. And I don't mean that in terms of like sizing. I just mean like uh, that everybody that I've given it to is like, oh, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Some of those items are a little bit simpler to use, like clitoral stimulators. Almost it's all kind of a women win. Always, love always a win. Always so you a can win. kind of do that and someone <laughs> be like, oh, I loved it. <laughs> but, you know, it's not necessarily like we needed a woman to design that. I mean, I've designed probably more clitoral stimulators than some women have, and, and they probably work just the same. Right. I, I can't take my eyes off of this box behind the Christmas tree that I don't know how we missed it. The MILF box? Oh, the MILF box. What is in there? <laughs> I, well, I'm oh, the up. MILF box. Yeah, we, I want to know. a MILF box. <laughs> yeah, what is that? <laughs> Um, that is, so you know what MILFs are? Uh, me. Us. Duh. Are you guys MILFs? I mean, duh. duh. The hell? Chad, look at us. Um, <laughs> that is, so the, obviously in, in, in porn, there is this category of performance, oh, which is MILF. MILF. It's a very big category, if not the biggest category. It's a pussy and, um, <laughs> and, uh, she's a big, she's a big MILF star. So this was, we had this idea of actually creating a box, not just the package itself, but an actual box inside oh. and calling it like MILF in a box. Oh, and like, so just, basically you can put it in your travel. Yeah. You, you can, can travel, travel with it. it. Okay. Yeah, basically. And there's your MILF right there. Nice. Mm. I was just, I was wondering. I've seen her before. In my porn searches. research. <laughs> yeah, Cherie Deville. She's awesome. Love her. Um, do, you, do, we, do we have any other questions? Did we miss anything? Um, we asked you if you had any horries. You don't. <laughs> Which I know is a lie. You but... have a little. You have a little mini hori. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That you should share with, with with Chad because that's what we do. Um, so we have a segment called horries. Uh, 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 horror stories. Um, so we have a segment called horries. We share horror stories. 
or just silly, silly. I'm fucking up words today all day. <laughs> Highly sexual uh, encounters or weird shit that happens. Um, the other day, maybe last week, shortly <laughs> after we got our package from Doc Johnson because they're so kind. It was in my car. <laughs> and I don't know, these last, these particular two days, I was horny as fuck. And I told you I don't masturbate much, but I was just feeling so horny and I was just, just DMing people pictures, asking for dick pics. I was just really on it. <laughs> and so um, I was having like, a, this is totally illegal. I was having like a kind of hot sexting situation. And someone sent me a video. And I was like, God, it's kind of fucking hot. And I just looked in the back seat, and there you were driving. I was driving, (laughs) and there was my eye vibe. And I said, Fuck it. (laughs) Keep in mind, I have not a single motherfucking tint on my car. (laughs) (laughs) Not one. Not a tint. It's not like some very incognito car. And I just reached my ass back in the front seat after I exited the one (laughs) hundred and one. Pop that bitch open, that good old eye vibe, and place it just over the panty. <laughs> I was wearing a skirt. And I was like, oh my God, this is fucking amazing. So I got a little, just right off to Balboa, I got off. Oh yeah, I was on the way to my house, <laughs> I was right? Like, yeah. I, was like, well, that's great. I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's not I was, a whole I was like, story, I was like driving and it was on. Fun. And I was actually like looking around at the other well, that, Maybe that kind of like made it more exciting. Kind of. Like, it was like five o'clock. There was definitely, it was like stop traffic. <laughs> It's like, whoo! <laughs> like, I hope no one looks over because I look crazy. <laughs> and then I took a picture and I sent it back. And then I went to Erica's house and said, "Wow, did you? Tr- I did try that eye vibe, and it is amazing." <laughs> and so that's. I like my, that story. It's my short right. little that's a good story. Uh, while driving, I don't recommend you do it, but if you can do both, try I would it. definitely crash. Can't do that. <laughs> no, I didn't crash, so I'm here. <laughs> So there's my hoary for the day. <laughs> Happy hump day, guys. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for coming on and thank letting you us me. tour your place and putting up with us. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's nice to have a fellow uh, like Valley boy. <laughs> on the 818. Show. 818. 818. <laughs> um, where can our people find you? I mean, I know your private Instagram is very private, but yeah, so- I mean. DocJohnson.com, number one place to find us for all your shopping pleasure. Everything we make is on there. Is there any specific um, toys that maybe you made that our listeners can check out? That I made. I mean, you guys asked me my favorite toy. I think it's the, you know, for me, it's the Optimale Rechargeable Vibrating C-Ring. I think it's a great place to start, especially with a partner. Um, you know, so it's a vibrating cock ring. Um, I love that item. I also think like the iVibe line that you guys talked about, the iVibe I Please is really good. It's just a, a really simple clitoral masturbator, uh, not an clitoral stimulator. Is it like that? Um, is that what we got? No, it's right no, there. No, it's that the little one right the there. The end, and then is also the eye wand is a great, it has a great angle on it. It's really easy to use for solo, but it definitely is also amazing with a partner as well. It has a really nice vibration. And it's kind of, even though it's larger, it, 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 it stays out of the way when you're with somebody. Mm-hmm. So it's, I love those items. That kind of um, looks like the vibrator I used to plug in the wall. I also I think know. Like That's any the water one that based I, I lube at the is great. Sex dungeon. Good what? head is fun for just some like oral play, stuff like that. 
So docjohnson.com and then our social is docjohnsonusa. I think we're docjohnsonusa on on Instagram. You are. I think we're also docjohnsonusa on Twitter. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Well, make sure I don't do any of this shit. Yeah, you're like I just show up. Um, I just yeah. make sure you check out our stories. We're gonna definitely make it a highlight as well. It's our tour of the Doc Johnson facility, and you don't want to miss out because there's a lot of uh, interesting products there, and I may or may not have tasted some things, so you should check it out. Thank you so much for joining us today. You know where to find us, goodmomsbadchoices.com, goodmoms underscore badchoices on Instagram. Join our newsletter. And if you like us and you like this episode, review and rate us, goddammit. <laughs> on Apple Bank Podcasts. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.